Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. You know, if you don't watch out, you can let this become old hat about Christ and what he did on the cross. And um, you need to always keep in reverence. And, and today I'm talking about out of this passage of Scripture, the lion and the lamb. Turn your neighbor and say, lion and the lamb. You know, what does a lion do? What is he known for? He, what, he, he roars, right? Everybody give a roar. Give me your best roar. Oh, wow. Let's do that one more time. On three, you ready? Give me your best roar. One, two, three. There you go. And what does a lamb do? Give me your best lamb. Now, here's the thing. Jesus is known in the, in the Scripture as the Lion of Judah. In the Old Testament, there was a tribe, the Lion of Judah, and, and Jesus is represented as the Lion of Judah. And he will come back as the Lion of Judah, but he's also represented as the Lamb of God. You remember John the Baptist said he saw the Spirit of the Lord ascending upon on Jesus in the River Jordan, and he says, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. So here's the thing here this morning is what is Jesus? Is he a lion or is he a lamb? He's both. Amen. So there's a balance there. Jesus was the, uh, in the, it says in John chapter 1 that he is the word of God. He's always existed as the word of God. He dwelt among us, and he was full of truth and mercy. So lion has to deal with, sometimes I look at it as truth, and the lamb, mercy. Here's the thing, folks. We need to be a balance of both. How many of you know that you're physically, you've been built by God, balanced? you got two legs two feet, two arms, two hands, two eyes, two ears, right? And praise God, one mouth. <laughs> praise God for one mouth. I learned a long time ago when I used to do air-conditioned work as a young man, I remember, you know, we had, these, back nowadays it's 30-pound jugs of refrigerant, but back in the day it was 50 pounds. And I remember my uh, boss at the time, he would tell me, go unload all this refrigerant on this pallet. And I found out at 16 years of age that it was a lot easier, even though it doubled the weight, to walk with two 50-pound drums of refrigerant versus one. And what happens is you can get out of balance. How many of you know that you can get out of balance? How many of you know you can get very legalistic and religious and you get in a ditch and you get out of balance, Right. How many of you know you can get in a grace ditch and you become just for everything and you don't speak truth about nothing, right? And so if you don't watch out, you know, truth is like a road and there's two ditches on every side, but the road of truth, but we want to walk balanced down the road of truth. And so there's times in your life you need to be a lion. There's times in your life you need to be a lamb. Most folks, most Christians sometimes view Jesus as only a lion or they see him only as a lamb, but he's both. Men especially, we need to be lions when we need to be. Amen? Lions protect. Lions protect. Adam didn't protect Eve in the garden, did he? He didn't protect his garden. He was passive. He let a serpent come into his garden and then deceived his wife. And look what happened to the whole world. Sin entered into the world from that one choice of being passive. 
So sometimes we as lions, we have to protect our families. Now, if you're known as a lion and that's all you're known as, then you're boss over everything and you just, you know, just all truth and there's no mercy. You just know as a tough guy, that's, that's the wrong place to be. So you need to be tough on the opponent, the evil one, who comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but you need to be tender with your family. Amen? Tough like a lion, tender like a lamb, but walk in that balance. Walk in that balance. Lambs can be passive. You know, Jesus came as a sacrificial lamb, gave his life for a ransom for many. He's known as the Lamb of God. So when he came the first time, he really came as the Lamb of God. But the second time, praise God, he's returning as the Lion, the Lion of Judah. Amen. I want to read some scriptures here this morning because we want to be balanced in that area. You know, if you don't watch out, you can become all lion and no lamb. And if you don't watch out, you become all lamb and no lion. And you need to have that balance. Men, when your daughter brings home that man, young man, that comes to the house and he's a bad apple, hmm? you don't want to be passive. Right? If he's a, you know what? I know the struggle that you can get sometimes, right? But dad, he's so hot. Yeah. So is hell. We have to watch. We, listen, we need to protect our families. We need to watch out. That's not really showing love if we're just not doing anything. We're just, just like Adam and just being passive and not guarding anything. We don't want to be that, but we don't want to be just so hard-nosed and so much truth that we don't show mercy. And Jesus was full of truth and mercy. Listen, truth doesn't do away with mercy, and mercy doesn't do away with truth. They work together. They work together. We all want mercy, right? Huh? How many of you in here want mercy from the Lord? (laughs) But you know what you need to do? You need to extend mercy. If you're given mercy, you extend mercy. If you're given forgiveness, you're to give forgiveness. But there's times in life, though, also that we need to stand up for what's just and what angers God ought to anger us. We need to stand. There's a righteous indignation that we can have, righteous anger. But we need to know the balance of when to be that and walk in that. Let's look at Luke chapter 19. And this is Jesus' triumphal entry. And I believe you're going to see here the lion and the lamb. When he had said this, he went on ahead going up into Jerusalem. And it came to pass when he drew near, verse 29, Bethage and Bethany and a mountain called Olivet, that he sent two of his disciples saying, Go into the village opposite you, where as you enter you will find a colt tied there. It's actually a, a donkey's foal. On which no one has ever sat. Loose it and bring it here. And if anyone asks you why you're loosing it, thus you shall say to him, because the Lord has need of it. So those who were sent with their, went their way and found it just as he had said to them. But as they were loosening the colt, the owner said to him, why are you loosening the colt? And they said, the Lord has need of him. Then they brought him to Jesus and they threw their own clothes on the colt and they set Jesus on him. And as he went, many spread their clothes on the road. Now he was now drawn near the descent of Mount of Olives. The whole multitude of disciples began to rejoice and praise God with a loud voice for all the mighty works they have seen, saying, 
Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. This is what was spoken by the prophet in Psalms, the prophecy, Psalms 118. Hosanna means save now. It means right now. We see it as praise that we exalt God by singing Hosanna. It's like save now. They're meaning save now. It's like if you fell off in a, in a, off a boat and, and you began drowning, what would you want? Save now. Save me. You come up. Save me, right? But the praise now would be like the lifeguard that comes walking alone. Jesus is our lifeguard. Amen. He rescued us. There's the praise now. So they're praising him, peace in heaven, glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees called to him from the crowd, and look what they say. Teacher. Look what they call him. Teacher. Rebuke your disciples. Why? Because they're calling him king. They're calling him King Jesus. They're calling him the Messiah. And the, the religious, the self-righteous, the ones that, you know, self-righteous people, they earn their way. You know, self-righteous, legalistic people, religious people, those self-righteous, they really don't understand righteousness. They think it's by their works that they're made whole, that they're made right. They think they earn their way. You don't earn your way. Jesus is the only way. You don't earn your way. It's by the finished works of Jesus Christ that you're born again, by his blood being spilled that you're born again. That's what makes you righteous. You are made righteous by Jesus and Jesus alone, not by works. So they're calling teacher. They call him teacher. Rebuke your disciples. But he answered and said to them, I tell you, if they should keep silent, the stones would immediately cry out. Let me tell you what's going on here. I want you to see here this morning, and I want all of us, I pray the body sees this, the sovereignty of God. The sovereignty of God. God knows omniscient. He knows everything. He knows everything about you. Do you know that? He knows the numbers of hair that's on top of your head, not just the total of hair, but he knows, hey, that's number 23. That's number 26. Right? He knows everything about you. He's acquainted with all your ways. He's, uh, he knows you're uprising, you're down sitting. He knows your thoughts are far off. He knows all. He tells these disciples, go to a village they hadn't visited before, and you're going to find a colt tied up over there, and you're gonna, these people are going to see you unloosening the colt, and they're going to ask you a question. How does he know that? Because he is God. He is sovereign. He is God. Jesus is the Lord. They are one. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He is not a God. Jehovah's Witness will sit there and tell you that he is a created God. He's a teacher. He's a good person. No, he's more than a teacher. He's more than a good person. Listen, he's more than a prophet. He is the God. And the Word of God became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus is the name that was given to his flesh. Listen, Jesus didn't get his start in Bethlehem. He has always existed as God, the Word of God. The Son, the Father, the Holy Spirit, the triune of Godhead, one God. Amen. Omnipresent, meaning he's everywhere. You can't escape him. He's everywhere. Listen, you see the 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 sovereignty, he says, if, you, if they don't sing, if they don't sing Hosanna, I'll cause the rocks to have vocal cords and a tongue and a mouth to sing my praise. That's sovereignty. Folks, we need to get back to realizing that God is sovereign. He, is, he has always existed. The Rose of Sharon. Amen? 
<laughs> he's not your ATM machine, amen? He's not your, your flat spare tire, right, for your flat in life. He is the God. There's no other gods before him. He is the one who rides on the clouds whose name is Yah. God, Jehovah, Rapha, the healer. He is the Lord God. And there is no other. We need to reverence God as he should be praised. Believe. He is the I am. He's not I was or I used to be. No, he is I am. I am, right? Me and Brent were talking about this. We were one day eating dinner and uh, at this restaurant in Brenham. I'm going to tell you the name. But this young waiter, he came over there, and he's, he's telling us everything on the menu. But he, then he starts talking about these steaks. And I said, yeah, I'd like to have that steak. And uh, he goes, well, we don't have that anymore. And, and, and then he named a couple other things, and I'm like, well, I'd like to have that. Well, that's not on there anymore. And I'm like, well, what are you telling us about? It's what we wanted to say, but I wasn't being aligned that day. <laughs> and, it, and we got to talking, and Brent started talking, and he says, you know, that's how the church treats God today. We got his word saying he's, uh, he, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, but his chastisement or a piece of pun, but by his stripes we are healed. And it's like it's on the menu, but we can't have that today. Why? Because it went away with the apostles. No. It went away when you quit believing. That's when it went away. Miracles will start coming back even more. And we can't blame God. And we can't even blame the devil. We need to look in the mirror and say, hey, the buck stops here. It's us. We don't have faith for it. Why would God put something on the menu and then say, okay, it sounds good, doesn't it? But you can't have it anymore. I was getting hungry for a prime rib told me he got H prime rim and I said well, I'll take that and said we don't have that <laughs> it used to be on our menu what, what are you doing <laughs> sovereign he is sovereign he is God El Shaddai he's had no birthdays do you realize that no start no beginning he's always existed when you get a visitation from the lord and you start grasping your pea-sized brain starts like my pea-sized brain starts grabbing a hold of that that he has always been think about that you'll start melting down when god really manifests himself and gives you that glimpse it'll be like moses and say i can't watch uh, <laughs> just pass by me the backside you have a veil on. I remember one time I was just meditating about this. I said, man, Lord, you've always been. You've always been. And I'm driving down the road in this old 89 Ford pickup right down here on 290. And all of a sudden the Lord's like, I have always been. And I got a glimpse of that, and I just melted in that seat. And I had to pull off the side of the road. And I was just like, you ever been in fear where your arms just drop down and you have no power? You're just like weak. The fear of the Lord is beginning the wisdom. Some of us need to get that reverence back. And they call him teacher. Huh? He's more than a teacher. He's El Shaddai. Yahweh. Elohim. The great I am. Now, look at verse 41. Now, as he drew near... He saw the city and wept over it, saying, If you hadn't known, even you, especially in your day, these things that made for your peace, 
but now they are hidden from your eyes. For days will come upon you when your enemies will build an embankment around you, surround you and close you in on every side and level you and your children within to the ground. And they will not leave you in one stone upon another because you did not know the time of your visitation. You see what's taking place? They're singing Hosanna. They are celebrating. King of kings, Lord of lords. He's riding in. As the prophet Zechariah said, he would ride in on a donkey, a foal. And he's coming in, and he is weeping. Moisture. Tears. He's wiping away tears as they're celebrating as he enters Jerusalem. What's going on here? This is the Lamb of God. This is the merciful, sovereign, merciful God with tears. Is he sobbing because he fears the cross? No. He says, the joy that's set before him in Philippians. You're that joy. Did you realize that? No man took his life. Nobody took his life. He said, I could call 10,000 angels if I wanted to. But he says, I laid down my life. Laid it down on that cross to be crucified and become a curse and, and save us and rescue us. Become the curse, all the curse of the world through the fall of Adam. When sin entered the world, he took all that weight of that sin. And every one of our sin debt, he carried it. He's weeping. Is it because he's frustrated? He just raised Lazarus from the dead. He just fed 5,000 men. Not, miracles, walking on water, healing leprosy with a touch. Walking on water, healing the blind, causing the deaf to see, the lame to walk. Was he frustrated? Was he crying because he was frustrated? Because, no. If you read the text, it says because he wept because they were blinded. They did not understand. And all the havoc of the world today that's going on, the shooting in the schools, the narratives of politicians, the propaganda that goes out, all the crazy out there. There's a lot of crazy going on, a lot of offense out there. A lot of division going on. And yes, there's times we need to be a lion and stand up and bring God's justice. You know, you see lying. I've never seen so many people lie. Just lie and lie and don't care if you catch them lying. They'll just keep lying. And the lawlessness is really, since COVID, it's crazy. These are the days of delusion. These are the days that Daniel spoke about, that God will give the world over to a depraved mind. But because they're blinded, we now need, because I, I, I'm, I'm telling on myself, I got to be listening to all that stuff, watching the news and hearing things and all the crazy things and all the agendas and all the propaganda and stuff. I got to be a lion, you know? 
I mean, I got to be where I'm like, you know what? You reap what you sow. It's truth, right? And I think what Jesus is saying here today through this text for us as a body is to pray to become a lamb sometimes, to be tenderhearted. If you don't watch out, the fall of the world, what's happening out there, will cause you to get hard-hearted. And, and, and Paul said, be tender-hearted. We need to pray that God tenderize our hearts. That when, to realize that some folks are just blinded by the prince of this world, which is the devil. Jesus said, I, they forgive them, they do not know what they do. But folks, that doesn't do away with being a lion also. There's such a balance here. I'm thinking what Jesus is saying, we need to pray back for tears again. Pray for tears. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Love that. But weep for those who weep. I think when you get to heaven, the Lord's going to say, well, how'd you feel about all this, you know? You know, sometimes I pull up and, hey, I'll just, I see panhandlers, you know, side of the road. And they're, I'm thinking they're going to go take his money and they're going to waste it. And God tells you, you know what, I don't really care what they're, you know, he does care what they're doing, but what's your heart? Did you feed the poor? Did you care for the needy? You can say, well, I have great discernment, Lord, and I knew they were trying to pull a fast one on me. I don't think he's going to accept that. In memory of his tears today, let's learn to shed some tears and be, be that lamb again. Don't let the world get you hard, cynical, critical. If we don't watch out, become religious. Look at the rest of the text. So he wept. He wept because he knew what was going to lead him to their destruction. Forty years later, the enemy came in to destroy Jerusalem took it over. But not only that, escaping that there's a peace out there. They missed his visitation. Do you realize the day of Passover, they're studying and looking for the one to come, and he's riding a donkey right in the middle of the street? They're studying about him, but there he is. Don't miss God's visitation. He might be visiting with you right now. Amen. And say, you know what? You need to be a lamb. You need to be a lion. We need to be both. But we need to have the wisdom from the grace of God to know when to be both. Yes. Amen. Amen. Some of us sometimes we're, we're in line at home and we're in line with everybody else. Some of us were just a lamb with everything. I want everybody to like me. 
sometimes, you know, it says follow peace with all men. Follow peace with all men. Much as depends upon you, follow peace with all men. When I first read that, I thought, well, you just let, you just become a walking man. Let everybody just walk on you. No. Sometimes to be follow peace with all men means you, you need to confront some things. You need to say some things. You need to speak up. You need to stand up for what angers God means to be angry in you. But sometimes to follow peace with all men needs to let it be just water on the bridge. It depends upon the offense. Learn to be a lion. Learn to be a lamb. Jesus is both. Don't miss the time of your visitation. Verse 45. Then he went into the temple. Listen, this is just right after he wept. I love the scripture. Right? He's, he's weeping as the lamb. Now he walks in. He walks in the temple and he begins to drive out those who bought it and sold it and say to them, it is written, my house is a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. And he was teaching daily in the temple, but the chief priests and the scribes and the leaders of the people sought to destroy him and were unable to do anything for all the people, for they were very attentive to him. John chapter 2 talks about the same story about this. It says, when Jesus walks in, he's angry. The zeal of the Lord's house has consumed me. And what does he do? It says in John chapter 2, you go back and read it this week. He begins forming a whip, taking cords and twisting them. He's like, y'all need a whipping. And I'm going to have to make a whip to do it with. That is something, amen? That is the line of God. See, that's, that's the line of Judah. That's, that's, there are times, folks, we walk in truth and mercy. Think about this. The woman caught committing adultery in John chapter 8. They bring her to Jesus. Now, religious folks brought the scribes, the Pharisees, brought this woman caught in the very act of adultery, bring her to Jesus. I'm sorry, but I thought it takes two to tango. If they really cared about truth, where's the man? If they're caught in the very act of an adultery, where's the man? Then bring the man. Brought this woman. Brings this woman, and they begin telling Jesus, well, the law of Moses says stoner. Killer. Lying. Truth. And Jesus stoops down and rises down in the earth. I'm, you know what I'm thinking? I'm like, he's writing down there. One time I read in Jeremiah, says, Oh, Lord of Judah, house of Israel, is all that forsake these names will be written in the earth. I'm wondering if he's writing these Pharisees' names now. Fred. <laughs> I don't think it was a Hebrew name, Fred. <laughs> but he's writing the names down in the earth, and they begin looking at that. I can't be dogmatic about that. It's just a, a thought. But he looks at him and says, He without sin cast the first stone. And they all drop their stone. See, because that's what religious folks do. They take the word of God and use it like a rock. Who can I hit today? Right? They're always looking through the window for opportunity. 
And they're like, hey, I got one to beat you up here today. You know? Don't do that. He's saying, let's give her a chance. Let's don't kill her. Let's show her some mercy. And when they all leave, they drop their rocks, their accusations. And he looks at her and says, woman, where's your accusers? She goes, I have none, Lord. He goes, neither do I condemn thee. That's mercy. Amen? That's lamb, right? But here comes lion. What does he say? Go and sin no more. He doesn't condone it. He's not condoning sin. So he's being the lamb. He's being the lion. We need to learn to be both. You need to be a lion, men, to protect your families. When the wolves come in, don't be sitting there like Adam and say, hell, go ahead. And we don't need to be so hard-nosed that our families, we're not tender to them. We need to learn to protect because that's what a lion does. And we need to show mercy. We need to know when to Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. We need to know truth, to tell truth. Do you know truth has timing? And I'm going to end with this. Truth has timing. Do you know you can tell truth that's right from the Word of God, but you'll tell it out of tune, out of touch, and people feel condemned? I've been around men that, that come up, and one person will say one thing, and they'll say, you're going to hell. I'm like, that's way too much lying. <laughs> yeah, we all are. You are too. Even the sinner he was telling that to says, well, you man, you're not perfect. I say, well, all you're doing, shut him up. Pharisee spirit, scribe spirit, self-righteous. We need to be wise as a serpent, gentle as a dove. Know when to speak truth, strong truth, stand for ourselves, not be a doormat, and sometimes when to give mercy. Amen. Jesus is a fool. We need to walk in that balance. Amen. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.